0: This is the EWN Podcast Network. You are in the right place for stimulating ideas, engaging conversations, innovative concepts to take your life and business further, be transformed, get energized. Now's the time to grow and expand your unlimited possibilities. You are connected to the EWN Podcast Network. Join us
1: right now as we welcome you to...
0: Hello, everyone. This is Michael McCauley, Program Manager for the EWN Podcast Network. Today, I'm excited to introduce to you one of our newest podcast hosts, Deborah Daniel, and her new show, Money Without Limits. Deborah, it's so great to have you here.
1: I am so glad to be here and finally be launching this show and talking about this topic that I love so much.
0: Hey, so tell us about your story, about what's behind Money Without Limits, and why you started this podcast.
1: Well, I think it's really the culmination of the past 25 years, because just stepping back for just a minute for people that are new to me, um, I have been an entrepreneur for 25 years. This is my 26th year in business. And I've owned a CPA firm and been around people's money and taxes and finances and just how all of that works together for really a quarter of a century. And in that, it, it just shows me how much I've just come to realize life isn't about money, but everything that's important is impacted by money. So we have to really get a handle on it, understand it, and really be friends with our money so that we can be successful in all the areas of our life.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it turns out that money is really a part of almost everything, whether you like it or not. And so it really is really to benefit to understand how it works and how you can really leverage it and take advantage of it. So um, what actually got you interested in accounting and, and finance?
1: Well, you know, it's funny, I didn't really, I mean, my undergrad was in finance, and I worked for a big real estate developer in Atlanta, which is where I, where I live my whole, life, lived my whole career. And I was working in the finance area, and everybody above me, the corporate controller, the CFO, and all those were CPAs. And so that's really why I ended up being a CPA, not because I was like, great, I want to be an accountant, um, but I just saw the career path seemed to have that. But the funny thing was, a few years later, I really only worked in corporate for about five years, and soon after my husband and I got married, I got recruited away to work for a big um, Fortune 100 company, and it was, you know, really a lot of fun to be, you know, in your mid-20s working, you know, really for a New York Stock Exchange kind of company, but it was really a boring job. I mean, I was busy about a week of the month And the rest of the month, if we were not, um, you know, they did a lot of mergers and acquisitions and we would fly around the country and do diligence and stuff like that. But if we weren't doing that, there was nothing to do. Now, cycle this back a quarter of a century, that was, you know, before the internet. That was pre-internet for, you know, millennials wouldn't even understand that. But think, imagine, I'm the kind of person work me to death, don't bore me to death. I mean, had there been an internet, maybe I would have stayed working <laughs> in corporate. But um, I just was bored to death. And so we looked, my husband and I were newly married. We looked at several different um, business opportunities because I always had an entrepreneurial bend. I mean, when I was growing up in the you know late 70s, early 80s, I mean, I was never wanting to play house. I always wanted to play office. So, I mean, business mm. was an interest to me at a very early age. Um And so we looked at several different things, but in our mid-20s, we didn't have, you know, a quarter of a million dollars to buy a McDonald's franchise or, you know, have the capital to do that. And we didn't come from really wealthy families to have the capital to do that. So it actually was my husband's idea. He's like, well, gosh, you're a CPA. Why don't you do accounting stuff? So we um, (laughs) – this is a funny story – but we started a – CPA firm, we did taxes the first year. We hung up a little sign in a real t- retail location, income tax, and we did uh, about 500 little easy tax returns. And um, then April 15th came and we had no clients. I had no clients. I'm like, okay, what do I do? <laughs> so um, I actually bought four small practices over the um, next four or five years um, because we didn't need a lot of capital to do that. I mean, the way even today, of course, now there's a lot of people that will finance. Um, businesses and stuff, but back then, you know, quarter of a century ago, the uh, old owner would finance the the business. So you would go in and say mm-hmm. you were buying a you know exactly. revenue stream of hundred thousand dollars. You would give them twenty five thousand dollars and just make payments to them for you know three or five years. So needless to say, I made zero money the first five years that we were in business because I was paying old owners. Mm-hmm. But um, but that was the way we chose to to grow the business to through acquisition versus. Um, you know you could do it just from zero and go out and say hey will you be my first client and a lot of people do that it's just there's just two different ways to do it so that's how i actually i, I was bored at a job that i had i had been trained to be an accountant and from there has grown a quarter of a century of just everything about money i mean just being helping clients from just their you know day to day bookkeeping to their taxes to Strategy and putting the systems in place and and then just going to the next step of what what are you in business for I mean the really the profit side of it, and how can you build a legacy and leave something for you know future generations and so it all came from just get, having a job that I, I was born at
0: <laughs> yeah isn 't that amazing that 's how so many entrepreneurs start at least that 's what I find when I talk to entrepreneurs is that They have, you would think they'd have this nice linear route to where, to their current day, but it turns out that like you, they start in some point, a lot of times even by accident, and then just grow into a, a bigger business.
1: Exactly, exactly. But I, what's been really fun in the ride is, and it comes down to, money is super important in everything that we do, but the relationships that you build in a quarter of a century, mm-hmm. both you know, from the money side and just from the people side. I mean, right now I'm just right. really enjoying, like I said, finishing the 26th tax season that I've owned my business and just loving seeing some of these people that I've been connected to for a quarter of a century. And that's what having a business can really do for you, in addition to really providing a nice, nice lifestyle if you really maximize it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, you say that money is really part of everything, and I, I couldn't agree more. It really is sort of all-encompassing, um, but that also makes it a really big topic. So what is the focus of your podcast? Um, where, where do you really bore in or burrow in on, on topics that um, are part of the bigger money story?
1: Well, that's a great question. That's a great question, Michael. We're we're. I mean, all areas of money and finance are, are up for grabs on this, on the podcast. What I'm looking from is it's really. I come at the whole money conversation from the entrepreneurial mindset. But that doesn't mean that I, that I won't be talking a lot about personal finance because one thing that I can unequivocally say after a quarter of a century is I have never seen a really successful business with a really strong financial. Um, integrity in their business not have good personal finances as well, so that really comes in to the mix as well so we won 't just be talking from a business standpoint, which of course I love, but we will be talking a lot about those just basics of personal finance, just how money works, and you know what strategies people are doing in their personal life as well, and how you know like for example you can't really have a strong business if your personal if you have a lot of personal credit card debt that impedes your ability to grow your business if you don't have access to capital so all those areas again always from the area, the, the direction of first entrepreneurial Topics, but personal finance will be a big part of it too. And I love to talk about the way our whole mindset about money impacts things. I kid around sometimes that the P in CPA stands for psychologist because I mean people (laughs) will tell me stuff that I mean I don't think they even share with their spouses sometimes um, because money is that impactful. I want to change the money conversation. We shouldn't be able to talk with our friends and our colleagues about what you're doing about money, how you're handling your money, you know, what are your best practices. It's almost a taboo subject sometimes, and I really want to change that conversation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, you mentioned um, both the entrepreneurial mindset and the personal finance mindset. Do you find that that's an area where a lot of entrepreneurs run into trouble is keeping the, the business or the entrepreneur piece separate from the personal f- piece. It, it seems like people that I meet, they, they tend to either not even know there's a line between those two or they know it's there and just ignore it in some cases.
1: Oh, yeah, that's definitely a problem. People intermingle the business and the personal. Uh, way too much. I mean, the thing is, we if you're not treating your business like a real business, paying yourself a salary, setting yourself up for retirement and things like that, you really kind of are in a, it's self-employed. And I think there's a big difference between self-employed and being a business owner. Self-employed is is like worse than having a job at least when you're employed they are giving the work to you when you're self-employed you're having to go find the work and you're not taking advantage of all the structure and the benefits of really owning a business it's kind of like i think no man's land in between there
0: yeah it was that joke where uh i went in how does it go i went into business for myself and then found out i worked for a terrible manager
1: exactly that I see a lot well it comes back to I mean I've heard so many times and I see it myself especially women business owners and I'm not anti-male by any standpoint I just feel like women do have a little bit of a different conversation so we will have primarily women on, on the show but I mean love the guys too love my husband and my son and they need to know about these topics as well but you know to most Entrepreneurs are out there working ninety hours a week to avoid a forty-hour paycheck. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, that doesn't make right. sense. <laughs> and they're yeah, not making as yeah. much per hour either. It doesn't look like.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, entrepreneurs are some of the worst paid people in the in the business world. I think.
1: Exactly. Not if they. Not if they get this whole money piece put together right, though. <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely. So so who really is the focus of of your uh, listeners? Who who are really the target listeners for Money Without Limits?
1: To me, my ideal listener is a business owner that wants to maximize owning a business, that wants to really treat it like a business, not just a side gig. And I know that the whole gig economy is a big topic right now, and that's great. If you need the security and want to stay in a corporate kind of world and you want a side gig – I don't think a business owner is a gig person. I mean, this is not a gig when, I mean, when you're doing it full-time and running it the right way. And so those kind of people that really want to get the most, not just money, but lifestyle that comes along with owning a business. Because the, the business can provide a lifestyle that's more than just the money that goes along with it.
0: Yeah, I can. And it's interesting you mentioned that gig economy idea because uh, that's really caught fire in the last few years. But in the 20 or so years since you've been in business, um, it seems to me that the, the whole business world has just completely changed. And I mean, I, I still think back to my, my grandfather who worked from 18 years old to 65 and retired with the same company. And that world just seems to be gone, you know or the oh, the or my dad who had you know who who started his own business, he was a retailer, but he stayed in that business for for thirty forty years i mean that that is almost gone, it seems like, and so it it's almost like the whole business community has kind of been an upheaval, and that really affects the way people handle money, doesn't it
1: Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, it's so funny. If you look at a millennial's um, resume... It's they almost intentionally stay in a position for a year or two, get everything they can out of it, and move on to the next to the next gig. We, when I was first in business at 25 years ago, I'm looking at somebody's resume. I would have been like, "What's wrong with this person? Why can't they keep a job?" You know, and that's just like a totally different mindset. Yet, as business owners that maybe have that mindset, we have to be able to pivot to how the new economy is happening. You know, it doesn't stay the same. And that's really where people get in the most trouble that I see in business is they're not willing to con- to be that constant learner, to be that constant what's going on best practices. They just stay with their head too buried in the day-to-day fulfillment of what their business is, and they and, and the economy goes past them. That's, that's the real danger. That's what I think is so valuable about a podcast like Money Without Limits and some of the other shows that are on the eWomen you know, network is giving that great best practices, what's working out there, because the reality is 95% of business really is the same. That little 5% that's different is your little secret sauce, but we all need to do marketing. We all need to do sales. We all need to have processes and systems in place. And so being that constant learner is what I think really catapults people to success. And I think from the personal standpoint, people will get a lot out from the show because we will be talking about the personal finances that do impact business. And that also is something that, you know, we're just not taught in a formal environment. I mean, I have a finance degree. I have an MBA in finance. I did not learn about personal finance in any, either one of those degrees. You, there is no mechanism to teach people how money works, to understand about compound interest, to understand about good debt versus bad debt. I mean, all of those things we just need to know, and you just don't come out of the womb knowing them.
0: It yeah, doesn't that seem crazy to you that they don't teach people specifically in school about the simplest of financial things like balancing a checkbook or as you say what compound interest means or what the debt to equity ratio is or um wh- what it means to have uh, equity versus debt or what it means to have um you know borrow from a bank versus borrow from an angel investor or be- it, it, it really, it's, it's amazing they don't teach any of that in school.
1: Exactly. Less than 4% of high schools even have the topic of personal finance mentioned in their really? curriculum. Really? Wow. I'm excited. I know that because of the school that my son goes to is one of those schools. They all are required in high school to have a semester of personal finance. And that is just, it's unheard of. It's, like I said, it's less than 4% of the, of the high schools in the country.
0: Wow. Well, so that's even more neat for a show like yours.
1: Exactly. And that's actually how I got started talking about the topic of financial fitness. One, because my, I had teenagers myself. They're a little bit older now. But I was seeing that they and their friends really didn't get this whole money thing. So I started talking to clients about, hey, would your kids be interested in this little financial literacy program that I'm putting together? And I told them mm. kind of the topics. They're like, heck, yeah, I'm going to take my kids, but can I come too? And so it really <laughs> kind of blossomed into – it's people are embarrassed to say that they don't understand about it, but it's something we really need to know. I mean, people know more about the latest sports statistics or who the biggest, you know, you know, TV star is or whatever, but they don't know how to handle their finances. There's something wrong with that. And I'm going to change that with this podcast.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know our, our youngest son uh, really had trouble with finances and, and it's, He just didn't have any appreciation for it when it was being taught to him and until he got out on his own and realized that, you know, holy mackerel, there's um, too much month at the end of the money and I don't know what to do (laughs) and how am I going to manage things and what's going on and boy, I should have listened when I was back in that class, Um, you know, until he was in that situation, he just didn't realize how important that kind of information can be.
1: Exactly. Well, it's pivotal, because the thing is, if you don't manage that, you can work yourself to death if you're letting it, you know, leak out faster than you bring it in. I mean, that's, right. that's just bottom line.
0: Right, you can't right. fill the
1: bucket up if there's holes in the bottom of it.
0: <laughs> exactly. Now, earlier, I think you said you, you would have some guests on the show and you'd be interviewing those guests. What, what types of guests will you have?
1: Well, I'm looking for guests that have demonstrated some success in their business or in their finances. And, and just talk about the topics of best practices and what they're doing. Because like, like I said, 95% of business is really the same. You know, we all have the same needs. So if somebody else is doing something in retail, it can still be used, utilized in service businesses or in mm. another, you know, in an online marketing kind of business. Just those kind of topics, you know, but not just business owners. I'm very interested in guests that are doing great things in nonprofits and even corporate people because I think there are some entrepreneurs within the corporate environment that kind of get this as well that have an interesting message that that would relate to my core listeners which still would always be, you know, about how does money impact all these different areas of our life.
0: Interesting, interesting. Well, the time has flown by, and I have really enjoyed the conversation with you, and I wish it could go on a lot longer. But um, how can listeners learn more about you and your business?
1: Well, I've got a couple of ways that they can that they can get in, they, they can find out more about me. I've got my main website, which is where most people come into my world. Even though I do lots of money things, the core business is still charteraccounting.com. And then I also have um, another website, com. Which is where I um, talk a lot about the whole money topics. So I talk a lot about. I we did. I'm going to be talking in the podcast about the, what I think are the four pillars, which are not just money mm-hmm. but relationships and health and time and um, how all of those are important, but they all are kind of centered around the money part. So either one of those places will have information. I have a Facebook group. Um, we'll You know of course, find me here on the EWN Podcast Network, and I'm going to really enjoy sharing more information with people as the time goes on.
0: That's fantastic. So as we finish up our interview today, is there one piece of advice that you could give listeners that they could really go out and start to implement right away?
1: You know, the, for, the one thing when I'm working with people and their money, just even from a personal standpoint, the one thing is you've got to track certain things. Now, the tracking is kind of the same for almost everybody. You know, what are your inflows? What are your outflows? You need to know those numbers so that when you're making a decision about a big purchase, you, you know if it's going to impact you or not. So in your business and in your personal, find the key numbers that you need to be tracking and track them. It's not like you have to spend all day, every day looking at your numbers and everything, but just you can't put your head in the sand. I guess the biggest thing is get yourself educated. Find out where your gaps are. And, and fill them. That would be the first piece of advice I'd give to I'd give to my kids if I was talking to them about what to do.
0: <laughs> that is fantastic advice, and I think everybody could benefit from that. So, I really hope you tune in to Money Without Limits. It, it'll really be a phenomenal show. You'll get so much great information that you can really use both in your businesses, Deborah said, and in your personal life, and in the place where those two things come together. So it's an incredibly valuable uh, bit of information. So uh, again, I hope you listen to the show. Um, This is Michael McCauley wishing you a fantastic day. And I'm hoping that you experience money without limits in your life. So goodbye for now.
1: Go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.